got a Bible, turn to Luke chapter 23, Luke chapter 23, and I appreciate the preaching, amen, and uh, I thank God for it, Luke chapter number 23, and uh, we'll read a few verses tonight, Luke chapter number 23, I'm glad I'm saved tonight, glad I know the Lord, amen, and uh, I hadn't always been saved, there's a time when I realized I was a sinner, and I'm glad for that day. And I'm thankful that he saved me and changed my life. And I praise the Lord for it. Luke chapter 23, if you found your place, would you stand? We'll read a few verses tonight. Luke chapter number 23, read a familiar text. And we preach on a familiar passage, so you just pray for us. Luke chapter 23, look in verse number 33. Luke 23 and verse 33. The Bible said, and when they were come to the place, which is called Calvary, there they crucified him, the malefactor's, one on the right hand, and the malefactors, one on the right hand, the other on the left. And said, Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. And the people stood beholding, and the rulers also with them derided him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he be Christ, the chosen of God. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar, and saying, Thou if thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And a superscription also was written over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew, this is the king of the Jews. And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, if thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other nature rebuked him, saying, dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation. And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said, said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. And it was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. And the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was rent, in the midst. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being in the house of God this evening. Thank you, Lord, for the message that we've already heard, how you touched our hearts. I thank you, God, for those that have gathered together tonight, Lord, on the tabernacle. God, I pray you'd help us, Lord. You know our needs, and God, you know our hearts. Father, I pray if there's one in our midst that don't know you as their personal Savior, God, I pray tonight would be the night they'd see their self condemned, and they'd come to you in faith and repentance, and Get saved before it's too late. Touch every heart tonight. Meet every need. Help us, God, just to magnify you. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for standing. I love this passage of Scripture. Somebody asked me one time if I only had one chapter of the Bible to preach out of, the rest of my ministry, what would it be? And I thought about that a lot, and I thought maybe it might be Luke chapter number 23. I I love this chapter. I love this portion of Scripture written you here in the Bible. said in verse number 20, uh, 33, and when they come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. I'm thankful uh, that Jesus came into this world and was born of a virgin and lived a perfect life and went to Calvary and died for the sin of mankind. I'm thankful for the old rugged cross tonight. Now, I want to say this. I don't never want to get over uh, the, the old rugged cross and what Jesus done for us on Calvary's tree. Amen. If it wasn't for Calvary, 
we would not be here tonight. Matter of fact, we'd be wasting our time if we were here, if it were, were not for Calvary. But I'm glad that God looked our way and sent his son into this world to die for our sin. I'm thankful for Calvary. Now, I want to look at this tonight, and I'm interested in this thief that got saved by the grace of God. And I simply just want to preach for a few moments on the salvation of the thief. Amen. Now, I, I, we, we could say a lot about this portion of Scripture. I won't preach long. You pray for us tonight. But I, I thought about this, and I, we'll look in a moment about the thief that got saved and how he trusted Christ and got born again. But I've often thought about the one who did not get saved. I mean, listen, there's another thief that there that day we often forget about. The Bible said uh, in, that these two malefactors, verse 32, there were also two malefactors led with him to be put to death. So there's two men there, two malefactors, and, and uh, we often talk much about the one that got saved, and now we'll look at that in a moment, but again, I thought about the one that didn't get saved, amen? I mean, listen, he witnessed the same things, and he heard the same sayings, and I mean, listen, he was in the same situation, yet he rejected the grace of God. He rejected the Word of God. He rejected the Lord Jesus, and no doubt died and went to hell. I, listen, when I think about that, I, th I think about how many people that have heard the same message and, and listen, I, I, I know for know in their mind that Jesus did indeed come in this world. Got to stop and say this. Hey, listen, before I got saved, you could, I, I mean, I believe that Jesus died and was buried and rose again the third day. Amen. I mean, I'd heard that my whole life. I mean, I, listen, I was not raised in a Christian home, so to speak, but I, I was not raised in an atheist home neither. I mean, I heard the gospel, I listened basically my whole life. And, and I remember as a young boy coming to a vacation Bible school, coming down to the altar, and the preacher said, you believe that Jesus died and was buried and rose again the third day? I said, I do. And uh, he said, well, then you're saved. Get up and tell everybody. When I thought I was all right. But listen, I have no idea why he died. I have no idea why he came into this world. I have no idea what it was about. And, and so, but thank God, one day I realized how that Jesus came into this world for my sin and went to the cross and died not for his sin, but for my sin and took my place. And because, listen, of the substitutionary death of our Lord, I could be saved by the grace of God. I'm glad for the day when I understood that. Amen. But here again, this other thief, he, he saw the Lord. He witnessed the crucifixion. He, I thought, listen, he heard him cry, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And yet he still would not turn, return his heart toward the Lord Jesus. But I'm interested in this one that got saved. Listen, I know this is familiar tonight, but that's what God put in my heart. So you just pray for us, all right? I'm interested in this. I'm glad God still saves sinners, aren't you? I'm glad God, listen, he can save all types of sinners. And I'm glad he can save wicked sinners. I'm glad he can save religious sinners. I'm glad he came to seek and to save that which is lost. I just can't help but believe in a sight of a crowd this size. I think somebody sitting here that's never been born into the family of God. I'm glad. I want to say tonight, I'm glad that God can still save sinners. Amen. 
I'm interested in this. I'm going to give you a few things about this thief. I'll be done, not preach long. Now, don't you notice, first of all, his reputation. Notice his reputation. The Bible tells us in verse number 32, and uh, he said, and there were also two other malefactors led with him to be put to death. So the Bible tells us that they're malefactors. Uh, what do we know about that malefactor is a bad doer. It's someone who chooses wrong over right. Amen. It's someone that would rather do wrong than do right. It's someone that's more interested in doing their own thing than they are doing God's thing. And someone, listen, that continue, continually makes the wrong choices and chooses wrong over right. He is a male factor. He is a man. Hey, listen, he don't, he's not concerned with doing right. He's not concerned with doing the things of God. He's concerned that I was simply doing what he wants to do and he's continually choosing how wrong. He's a male factor. But the Bible tells us in chapter number 22 uh, in verse number 37 that he's a transgressor. And a transgressor. You know what a transgressor is tonight? It's one who crosses boundaries. It's one who has no respect for authority. Amen. And so this man was, is an individual that had no respect for authority. No doubt that's what's got him in the place that he's in. He's, he has no respect for the law. He has no respect for authority. He has no respect for, uh, listen, those over him. He's continually crossing boundaries. It does not boundaries. It does not bother him how to break the law. It does not bother him how to cross boundaries because he has no regard for authority. Amen. Now, I'm going to tell you something. That sounds like a lot of people in the day and time we're living in. Now, there's a lot of people that profess to be saved, yet they have no regard for authority. Amen. And that's a, the Bible said that's a, a, that's a transgressor is one that has no, uh, no, listen, no regard for authority. And so he has no respect for authority. He's a transgressor. Mark's gospel tells us how that he's a thief. Amen. Mark 15, 27, and, when, and with him they crucify two thieves and the one on his right hand and the other on his left hand. So we, uh, listen, a transgressor is someone that has no, re no respect for authority. But a thief is someone that has no respect for other people. They have no regard for others, amen. A thief is someone that will take something from someone else and they don't, think, they don't care that that person worked for it or paid for it or uh, sacrificed in order to receive it so they have no respect for others, amen. So we see this man has no respect for the law. He has no respect for authority. He has no respect for people, amen. Now I want to say all that, but we'll find that he has no respect for God. The Bible tells us in Matthew's gospel, chapter number 27 and verse number 44, that the thieves, plural, also, which were crucified with him, cast the same in his teeth. And so the Bible tells us that at one time, both of the men, both of the thieves, both of the malefactors were railing on the Lord, were mocking the Lord Jesus. And so here's a man, uh, listen, he does not care for authority. He does not care for the law. He does not care about the things of God. He does not care about others. I would say he only cares about himself. Amen. He is a, he has a reputation of a malefactor. Amen. 
And so we see his reputation. And I want to stop and say this. I'm glad, listen, I'm glad we, when we read about these, these people in the Bible like this thief or others, I'm glad, listen, I'm glad that there's no sin or no uh, person too bad has no sin too great that God ain't able to reach down and deliver a mile of. Amen. Here's a man, you know what they said about They said there's no hope for it. He'll never change. He'll never straighten up. There's absolutely no hope for him. And I want to stop and say, ah, that's what they said about me. They said there's no hope. Ah, they'll, listen, they'll find him in a ditch somewhere. He'll be in a prison. But I sure am glad. Ah, the, though the world gave up on me and though my family gave up on me, I'm glad there's a God in heaven that did not give up on me. And listen, I thought about this malefactor. Where's his family at? He don't say anything about his family. He don't say anything about his friends. Everybody's gave up on him. And they're saying there is no hope. Amen. We see his reputation. Don't you notice his realization in verse number 41 and 42. I want to say first of all he realized that he was a guilty sinner. Amen. Look what your Bible said in verse 41. And we indeed justly, for we received the due reward of our deeds, but this man have done nothing amiss. So, so the thief simply says this, we are getting what we deserve. Amen. Now it's interesting. I've preached in prison all over the world for several years. And one thing you rarely see is a man admit that he's guilty. Amen. Most of them, they've got every excuse in the world on why they're incarcerated. It's always somebody else's fault. It's, they've never, they, it's never their fault on what, what they're in there for. Amen. So here is a criminal that is admitting his guilt. He said, we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deed. Amen. He said, we are getting what we deserve. This man recognized that he was guilty and he was deserving the punishment that he was handed down. He was a guilty sinner, amen? And can I just say tonight, listen, that you may not be a malefactor and you may not look at yourself as a transgressor. You may not think you're a thief, but I want to say tonight, if you've never been saved by the grace of God, you're still a guilty sinner. As the Bible said, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none good, no, not one. Amen. Hey, listen, you may not be out in the world and done some of the things that others have done. But according to the word of God, listen, by one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin and death passed upon all men for all have sinned. Amen. Hey, listen, if you're here and you've never been saved, you are guilty before God. Amen. You say, preacher, you don't know me. I don't have to know you, but I know what the word of God says. And the Bible says that, listen, that all of sin and come, all are guilty. All are concluded under sin. Amen. Amen. Now, I don't have time to deal with it tonight, but we understand there's a difference between sins and sin. Sins, plural, is the result of sin. Amen. Sin is that sin nature. Amen. And listen, ever singing, you may not you may not have committed some sins, but because you have a nature how that has fallen, you have a a, a fallen nature, a deprived, a, a, an Adamic nature, and because of that nature, you're guilty, and I'm guilty, and because of that guilt, we need salvation. You say, who preacher? All I have sinned to come short of the glory of God. Amen. 
So everybody, hey, hey listen, is a guilty sinner tonight, amen. Amen. You may not admit it. You may not realize. You know, sometimes the hardest part of a get about getting saved is admitting you're lost. I mean, I made a profession when I was just a, a little boy. I said a moment ago when I was about nine years old, and I tried every way in the world to convince myself that I had the real thing. I mean, I did. I tried to convince myself, and I remember, uh, I remember calling my daddy and saying, Daddy, do you remember when I got saved? Because I didn't remember much about it. I remember asking some of my family, do you remember? And I was trying to, uh, to appease my, uh, my conscience, amen. But I remember one a Sunday morning, I went down to the altar, and preacher preached on being thankful. And I went down to the altar, and I said, Lord, I want to thank you for saving me. But I mean, as clear as he's ever spoke to me, not in an audible voice, but I mean, God has showed me in that order that I was not saved. And I didn't have anything to thank him for. And I'm telling you, I'm glad for the day when I realized that I was guilty, that I was a sinner, that I was condemned. He realized he's a guilty sinner. Amen. Not only did he realize he's a guilty sinner, he realized that Jesus was the guiltless Savior. Amen. Look what he said in the text. Verse 42, and uh, excuse me, verse 41, and we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. Amen. I ain't got time to preach on that, but how, on all this, but how, how'd he know that? How'd he know that Jesus had not done anything wrong? How'd he know that Jesus was innocent? How do they know what the Bible tells us up here in these previous verses that they put a superscription over him? I said, this is Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Amen. If you know, if you studied crucifixion, you understand that that superscription or that sign uh, was something they put on everyone's uh, cross that was being crucified. And it would have the crime that they were guilty of on that sign. They'd done been tried, they'd done been convicted, and the crime that they were being condemned for was put on that sign and fastened to the top of the cross so all the passerbys, everybody that passes by knows that this individual's being crucified how listen for this certain crime. But you remember when they put Jesus on trial and Pilate brought him out and said, I find no fault in this just man. And listen, several times he made that statement and they tried him and examined him and looked at him and could not find anything wrong with him, but they must put a superscription over him. And so he wrote simply, this is Jesus. And that no doubt that thief looked up and saw that sign. And there's no sin on that sign. There's no crime on that sign. There's no guilt on that sign. And he said, listen, this man has done nothing amiss. He's not dying for his sin. But he's died for my sin. Amen. Amen. Oh, he's a guiltless savior. Amen. Can I stop? Lord, help me. I, last year, last, um, last year, I went to Scotland and, and preached over there for the Albersons. And, and uh, while we were over there, there's a man came underneath the tent. Uh, Brother Russell, on a Thursday night, he came underneath the tent. And uh, after the service, he didn't hear the preaching, just came under the tent. And uh, he began to ask questions. And and I said, why are you here? He said, well, I don't know. And I thought, well, I don't know neither. And I said, well, tell me a little bit about yourself. And he said, well, I'm a 
I'm an alcoholic. He said, I've been one pretty much my whole life. And he said, my mother's an alcoholic. And he said, I watched her drink my whole life. And I started drinking at a young age. And I've been an alcoholic my whole life. And he said, my life is in a mess. And this man was probably in his late 50s, early 60s. He said, uh, that, that, he said, that addiction has wrecked my life and ruined my life. He said, I got children that won't have anything to do with me. And he just went on and on and on. And he said, I live across the road. And that tent had a big sign that said, Jesus saves over top of it. And he said, I live across the road. And uh, he said, every day I've been looking at this tent. He said, something keeps telling me I can get some help over here. <laughs> And uh, I said, well, you come to the right place. I said, what do you know about God? He said, I don't know anything. I said, you realize God made the world. He said, I never thought about it. He said, I, he said, um, I never really believed in God much. So I started at creation. Went through the fall of man, the creation of man, the fall of man. I came, listen, I talked about the virgin birth. And, and uh, listen, I said, Jesus lived a perfect life. Never committed one sin. Neither was any guy found in his mouth. And uh, he stopped me and he said, he never sinned. I said, not one time. I said, but he went to the cross and he died not for his sin, but for your sin and for the sin of all mankind. And because he was holy and harmless and undefiled and separate from sinners. I'm glad that Jesus died that day, not for his sin, but for my sin. Amen. He recognized that he's a guiltless Savior. Amen. Not only that, he recognized he's a gracious sovereign. Amen. What the Bible said in verse number 42, and he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me. Jesus, Lord, amen. Oh, he recognized who he was talking to, amen. I tell you what they said about him. They said, listen, many will say he's a good man. Many will say he was a good teacher. Many will say he was a moral man. But in that day, that thief realized he was more than a moral man. He was more than a miracle worker. He was more than a good teacher. But he was the Lord of glory. Hey, listen, he was the God of heaven. And he cried out, Lord, amen. You see, his reputation, his realization, notice his request, verse 42. He said, Lord, remember me. Amen. First of all, he, he's requesting favor. He's not saying, Lord, don't forget me. He's saying, God, show me favor. Amen. I need grace and I need favor. He knows he's getting what he deserves. And he said, I'm getting what I deserve. I deserve, but I, I'm not asking for, I'm asking for grace. I'm asking for favor. I'm asking for mercy. Amen. And then, then notice it, listen, the faith. Look what he said in verse number. It was a request of favor. It was a request of faith. Look what he said in verse 42. He said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me. Watch this. When thou comest in thy kingdom. Not if. When. Amen. Now, he's, he's, he's talking to a man that's being crucified. He knows that Jesus is going to die. Amen. But he said, Lord, remember me when? Only thing I can figure out is he had to believe he's going to get up. Amen. Amen. 
How many said, Lord, when you enter your kingdom? He, I'm telling you, listen, this man knew he had faith that Jesus was going to get up out of the grave and he was going to establish a kingdom. It was a cry. It was a request of faith. Amen. Then we see the Lord's response, verse 43. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Amen, notice the precept of the response, Verily, in other words, truly, what I'm about to say is the truth. <laughs> what I'm about to say, you can believe. What I'm about to say, you can trust in. What I'm about to say, say is a firm foundation. It is the truth, amen. Hey, so it, it is the precept, the prompt, the promptness of it. Look what he said again. He said, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Now the thief asked for the Lord remember him when he come into his kingdom. So he was looking for something in the future. Jesus said, Today. Amen. He said, Listen, we'll. How, let's, don't, let's don't wait to the kingdom. Let's take care of it today. Amen. Can I say this? You know what that man got? He got more than he asked for. He said, Lord, remember me when thou comest in thy kingdom. He said, Jesus said, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Hey, can I just stop and say this? How that night I got saved, I got far, far more than what I asked for. I'm telling you, thank God, all I was looking for was a fire escape. How about that night I got much more than a way out of hell. I got much more than just a fire escape. I got much more than I ever bargained for. Amen. The promptness of it today. Amen. The prosperous, he, he, said this, he said, today shalt thou be with me. <laughs> he said, the, the, the thief said, Lord, remember me. Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Amen. Can I just say this? I, I'm telling you, listen, there's nothing like being saved today. Amen. There's nothing like being saved by the grace of God. Amen. I'm glad, thank God. I, listen, I'm glad that night when I met him by the I met him by the good grace of God. I'm telling you, thank God, I've been with him and he's been with me. And there's nothing like walking with him. It is a prosperous way. It is a prosperous journey. Amen. Jesus saved this thief. Now, I don't have to say this, but you know this. He he didn't ever get he he, he didn't get baptized. He didn't join the church. Amen. But he was with the Lord that day in paradise. Amen. Listen, you may be here tonight and you may have been baptized. And you may have been, you may be a member of a church. I don't ask you if you've ever been born again. Amen. I'm not trying to make nobody doubt, but I'm telling you, I just want to know, friend, hey, listen, are you saved tonight? Do you know that you know that you know that your name's been recorded in heaven? Has there been a time when you realized you was a sinner and you come to him in faith and repentance and trusted him and he saved you by the grace of God and delivered you from the condemnation of sin? Hey, listen, are you saved? Amen. He saved that thief. And I want to say this, he'll save you. Amen. Say, preacher, you don't know. <laughs> Lord, help me. I was talking to a young man in juvenile prison one time, and I told him, I said, Brother Van, I said, the Lord will save you. He said, you don't know where I've been. I said, don't matter. I know where Jesus has been. <laughs> no matter where you've been, all thing matters where he's been. Amen. He went to Calvary and died for the sin of the world and was buried and rose again. And because of that, whosoever will and can be saved tonight. Amen. And I'm thankful for that. Amen. Let's bow our head for a word of prayer. I'm going to pray. 
Maybe God touched your heart tonight. I don't know. I believe the Lord told me to preach that. You may be here and you're not saved. I want to say this. It'd be a good night to get in. It'd be a good night to get your sin forgiven. On a Monday night of a camp meeting, it'd be a good night how to get born into the family of God. Let God change your life. I promise you it'd be the best decision you ever made. I promise you it'd be the best thing that ever happened to you when you come to Jesus. Are you saved tonight? Would it be wonderful when nobody's looking? I'm, I'm not going back. I'm not going to embarrass nobody. I'm not going to come to you. But I wonder if it'd be wonderful when nobody's looking. Say, preacher, I'm not saved tonight. If I died right now, I'm afraid I'd go to hell. I've never been born again. Would you pray for me? Would you just slip your hand up and let me pray for you tonight? Would it be wonderful? I see that hand. Somebody else tonight, preacher, I'm not saved. I'm not, I see that hand. Somebody else tonight, preacher, I'm not saved. I've never been born again. Would you pray for me? Would there be another? God touching your heart tonight. I see that hand. I see that hand. Maybe somebody else, preacher, pray for me. I'm not saved. Pray for me. God touched my heart tonight, and I, and I don't know the Lord Jesus as my Savior. Would you pray for me tonight? Would you do that? Just slip your hand up, put it right back down.